Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. This is Matt J. Hannum here, and welcome, everybody. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone Matt J. Hannum? Always. You have not? I have, mate. Go have a look at every one of my socials. Is that what your mother calls No, no, on this episode. Yeah, always. Last couple. Bullshit. Branding. (laughs) This is going to be cool. Well, if you want to start calling me MJ, I'm quite happy for I've listened to every episode. I cannot recall you introducing yourself as Matt J. Hannum. Yeah. Like when he's in trouble and his mother's Matt like, Matt, Matt J. Hannum, Hannum, come over here. And, uh, I prefer magic, magic, Matt. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I've got a, a full house and a special guest with us, um, Shane Jamail. And Shane wants to talk on the topic of haters, fellas. But before we jump into that, I shall, well, fortunately, the, the lovely Travis Hado has helped pour the lovely even more lovely bottle of wine, which has been sitting on my shelf since December last Ooh. year. A uh, special gift from Michael... What's your middle name? Middle name? Yeah. Michael L. Duncan. Michael L. That's right. Michael <laughs> L. Duncan. <laughs> and so we're, we're drinking a Churchview Silverleaf 2013 Merlot. Uh, just a question. No. I'm still introing here. Okay. Actually, let's have your question, Conrad. Oh, look at that. Silence. Come on, give us a Look how much he wants to say. He wants to speak so badly. (laughs) Come on. It'll come out my ass if I hold it much longer. That'll really get you back. (laughs) No, I'm good. I like that upon reflection, you decided, oh, yeah, no, it's actually not worth saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the only reason he wouldn't say. And congratulations, Jacob, for speaking in the first half of (laughs) the Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway. Oh, this is going to be so good. Oh, like, this is. The sure cheers, is. Everyone. Cheers. Enjoy. It's good enough. At least the nose. So. Are we ready? So, listen, guys. To understand Shane, we need to start from the beginning. Uh, one day during school, Shane was pulled out of class and told his mum wouldn't be picking him up that day. Instead, a youth worker would be collecting him. That day, his mum attempted to take her life and this was Shane's first experience with youth services. So in the years following, he developed anxiety, became increasingly increasingly more angry as he entered his teenage years. And when he was 16, he was given an opportunity to join a hip hop engagement program run by the local council. From the program, he connected with people who offered him the opportunity to mix at local nightclubs and things went a little downhill from there. The music industry, as well as the nightclub scene, isn't a place for a 16-year-old kid. He was surrounded by alcohol, drugs, sex and violence. There was one moment that stuck with Shane, and at the back of a nightclub he watched someone get beaten. He remembers thinking, I didn't know if he was going to survive. That day, or the next day, he called uh, his youth, youth service contact and told him the situation he was in and that he needed help. Following that call, he went on to run the original hip-hop program for the council that started his journey, and the opportunity expanded to an additional council. At this time, his boss, or his, who was his contractor, said that he wanted to support him and suggested a self-development course to improve his communication skills. Five years later, Shane went on to manage youth services for the council, and two years on at a detention centre to aid kids in the prison system. He worked in many roles and then found himself establishing or found his life mission to help young people develop their vision and make it happen. He eventually left the local government and basically government scene to pursue creating his own organisation, aiding young people. This is called Insane Youth Services and he's fulfilling his mission this way. So welcome Shane. Thanks man. Wow, that was awesome to hear that intro actually. It's pretty moving. That that was very, very Tom Billingu like. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) Um, so look, the topic, okay, Shane, cool. um, yeah. great to have you here. Thanks, the topic man. is, and I thought I'd give that intro for everyone, Most you've only just met him this afternoon, so there's a lot we can talk about and mm. there's, there's a heap of 
really powerful stories that you shared in the your podcast with myself, um, Amplify Your Business Podcast. Matt J. Hannum, Amplify. Jeez, are we paying for this episode to be produced? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And, uh, even beyond that, uh, that episode was really powerful. I think one of the most powerful episodes that I've had in my on my podcast. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love people to, to hear a bit more about your story and um, your vulnerability in sharing what you've been through um, is, is really incredible. And I love what you're doing, which is why mm. um, I wanted to invite you to this show. But the topic you wanted to talk about was haters. And you don't believe that you have any haters. And you don't think that you know anyone actually hates you at all. So Shane, you believe that people don't hate you. They believe that, that you have what belongs to them. And that's why they're displaying or showing hate towards you. Open the floor. <laughs> Hearing that, that interesting, back, man. Uh, that is pretty interesting. Hearing that back, I'm like, holy shit! How many people are going to hate me now for that? Um, and the way you kind of said that, um, I'm on the fence, just quietly. No, I, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, let me, I guess where do we start? So, um, when I've started looking at this, when you asked me, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I said, cool, I know I spoke about it on the last podcast. And it's something that's really had me quite fascinated, not just from the hip hop scene as a young person growing up, the whole haters terminology, but as a young person, like this person hates you. And I've really kind of started digging in this world. Oh, is it Morgan? Was it? Yeah, I'll go oh, Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan Freeman is uh, Conrad's maiden name. Oh, Conrad, not Morgan. Um, so it sounds similar. <laughs> I apologise. Hang on, let me just re rewind. So, yeah. just to remind you of, of names around that. So, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> <laughs> the only black guy, or two black guys. Jacob Francis. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, I'll give you real names. Jacob Moffat. Well, we'll just go. Justin. Well, you don't need surnames for now. Yeah, Justin, yeah. Travis, and and Michael. I mean, we've got Jordan Peterson. We've got all. The, <laughs> we can basically put the table. Chuck Jocko yeah. Willink. We've got the table around. Uh, but what we'll do is Joe just just is. point. And, all right, um, cool. <laughs> Well, the reason why I call it said the Morgan Bravo, um, Iggly Piggly. <laughs> it's Iggly Piggly. Iggly Piggly. Same thing. <laughs> the reason why I said Morgan was well, actually Conrad. Before I came in, they're like, hey, man, just be careful of Conrad. He will challenge you. Who said that? Um, not be careful. They're like, hey, he's the only one who's going to challenge you. And I'm, like, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, as soon as you said that, I was like, it started already. <laughs> it started. Like, oh, shit, here we go. Um, can, can I just ask one question yeah. before you start? Yeah. What's your nationality, man? I come from a Macedonian Romani gypsy background. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Um, so where do we start? So when it came to the term haters, I guess I've really been looking at like, what is hate? Where does it really come from? And when I say it's not what I have personally, so well, well, what I'm looking at now in, in the research that I'm doing is that people actually aren't hating what I have. They believe that what I have does belong to them more. And it's not about me personally. So when you look at... When I'm, say, if I'm going through a space of, oh my God, I'm really jealous, I'm hating in someone, I don't hate that person personally. So you guys might look at, well, what am I actually hating at? And I'm hating at, man, what that person's worked for, I've worked just as hard as him or her. I deserve that just as much. And with, like, I guess the space I'm going through, I am going to do a, a video in a minute saying, sorry, in this week of, I don't believe I have any haters video coming soon. And I was really curious to see who was going to be like, what the hell are you like? Bro, I know a lot of people that hate you. And what it's had me look at is, well, what are they actually hating about that is me personally um, or about what I've done personally? So I'll give you a bit more context. So all you guys can hear me now. My, the, my vibration's going out to this space. It's going into this microphone. It's going into your headphones, it's going to your ears. And then you start listening to something else. All you guys aren't even listening to me at all. None of you actually are. You're listening to yourself think about what you hear I'm saying through your own perspective. It might as well not even be in this room right now. No, I respect you being here though. Right. I get that, right? But where did that thought even come from? So you're going, man, I really like how this guy's talking or, wow, what a cocky little prick. Or, hey, he's really cool. He's done this or doesn't that. I don't actually agree with this. And then I'll make a comment like that. So it's actually coming from your own perspective. And then I thought about that. I'm like, well, where does hate actually even come from? And so when we do have this conversation with someone like, hey, Shane, I'm really jealous of what you're up to. We look at what are you actually jealous of? Well, I can't accomplish what you're trying to create. Or I don't actually get what you're saying. So I'm actually challenging myself on, man, I can't really get to that way of thinking. Where's that even coming from? So it's kind of in the broad spectrum of that. So if, I don't know. I throw it out on the table like, 
you know, what are you currently hating on at the moment? And if you really look deeply in deep psychology and go, well, what's that actually all about? What is it within myself that I can't be with with that other person? Um, so that's kind of where it started and that's kind of where it's heading. So I don't know what that's... Yeah, crazy, man. Kind I mean, of we were just talking about that just before we got in here about the psychology of projection mm. and mirroring, you know, which is psychology 101, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exa- that's exactly what you're talking about. So someone's seeing in, in you what they want, hate you for you having it, as opposed to them for going, not going out and doing the work to get it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they probably have worked just as hard to get it. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Absolutely. But like some people go, man, I've worked just as hard as that. Um, I haven't even got there yet. What am I doing wrong or that's not working that can have me get there? And they, they end up, the truth, they end up hating on themselves, really. The, the, you, what you say is exactly right. And I think you framed it amazingly well. So thank you for that. Um, but two people can do the same amount of work without, without the same intent, get different outcomes. So it all comes back down in, in what you're saying is where did you plant that seed to allow you to work from? Mm. And how did that happen? Because mm. that's where it's going to get to. Mm. Um, so work and work doesn't equal the same outcome. Never has, never does. Never no, does. never will. And I think um, where you're going through as well is each person has done the same amount of work, but each person has had different environments. Each 100%, person has yeah. um, different factors. So it's such a complex thing. And when we talk about suicide, it's it's so complex to go. Hey, I'm gonna we're gonna resolve this case or whatever comes up. It's such a complex matter to go into where that person's environments happen, what's going on biologically, what's happening linguistically, what's coming out of each person's mouth that yeah. we can determine what's going on in the and background. That's where I think hate becomes like an easy way to do it. Hate's easy. Ooh, hey, I hate you because of that. So there's no deep thinking in it. There's no trying to understand, question where that person's been, or or trying to put yourself in that person's position. So mm. I think hate is something that. Is probably a little bit too easy to do. That's such a good point. Um, I don't know who does this quote, Matt. You might know it. Um, uh, it's not that uh, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Marianne Williamson. There you go. Uh, our deepest <laughs> fear. To me. Yeah, our, de- our deepest fear <laughs> is that we're. Romance going on. Yeah, I amped up the uh, pheromones. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just the essential oils. <laughs> or the red wine. Yeah, the red wine. But if we just look at that comment, like for a second, or that quote, who was the person? Marianne Williamson. All right, Marianne Williamson, right? And Coach Carter was what, what made it famous. Well, that's what we look at with when we do our big program with young people. We actually play that scene, and if we we, we state or that we linguistically bring that I've quote met that out, he's phenomenal. Coach Carter yeah. or the actor? Coach Carter, the real guy. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, yeah. man. Oh, I'd love to hear about that. That's, met him in San Fran. Wow, that's phenomenal. He's got a really cool story, man. Yeah. Um, so if, if we linguistically bring out that quote and break it down for a second, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And even if we just break that down, it's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We're not scared to hate. Darkness is kind of easy, isn't it? So easy. It's so like, hey, fuck you, man. Like that, that is whole, so easy when someone cuts That was the whole that's, episode. That's, that, that, is, that is the whole issue with what we've got going on, right? It's like embracing the darkness because you're at one with it and you need mm, it. Mm, mm. You're not in opposition to it. Mm. Well, we need it. Um, Alan Watts, awesome philosopher. I was listening to him this morning. Yeah, look at this, what gets him hard. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. I love that guy. Not Phenom- Deepak. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we could go there with some. Uh, <laughs> like, you've been hating on Deepak. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we really hating? Let's get into that. Yeah. Oh, yes! Oh. yes I Let's do one. it. <laughs> that would be awesome. But Alan, what's a, I was listening to him this morning, just love his staff. And he was talking about uh, what and who is the God, what is the nature of God. And he talks about the astronaut who goes into space. And they questioned the astronaut. Was like, "Hey, man, when you got to space, did you see heaven? What was it up there like?" And he goes, "Yeah, God, she's black, meaning the darkness. And when you look at stars, you need the darkness for them to shine. They're still there. You can't see them until it goes dark. So we need to be able to deal with. I don't think for men in general, we need to be able to deal with our darkest parts to be able to see that light, yeah. or for it to be projected." Um, I can't wait. This is awesome. I, I'm going to get carried away. I better slow down. But yeah, um, that's. I just love that part when you look at where if we get to the hate and the darkness of the hate, and we get actually behind that level of bullshit. What's actually really going on? I feel like I can swear on here for some weird oh, you reason. Say hey, whatever you like. Um, as a youth counselor, you're kind of like, hey, how you doing, mum and dad? Like, I just want to be like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to be around a group of men. Um, 
So I think that's what I want to. I would love to look at what's actually really going behind the hate and what's that light there that we're actually scared to bring out. And if we look at relationships 101, um, yeah, when my fiance brings up something and I have this thought in my head like, fuck, I could really break some shit right now. Um, what's really going on is I don't want to be like, hey, you know what, I'm really sorry and I love you. And that's the hard bit. It's easy to break shit and get angry. So, Shane, have you have you come across David Dieter in, or Dieter in any of your readings? Or no. So he's an author that's um, that's written a great book, The Way of the Superior Man. I don't know whether any of you guys have come across him, but the boys in the office have just come across him. The younger guys in my office, mm. and he and he talks about um, going down the path of understanding yourself to then get get the most out of your life, particularly from your relationships, and in particular from your partner. Mm. Um, and embracing the fact that a woman can do anything she wants from a from a mood perspective, and you have to be able to ride with that storm. And the boys are conflicted with this at the moment because that's what they're finding the most challenging is in their relationships is that women do whatever they want to do from a from a from a mood perspective. And I said to them, if it's challenge, it, it was never challenging at the start, but you fell in love with a woman at the start, and a woman is always going to be this beast of a mood of moods mm. until you accept and understand that your relationship is going to challenge you and probably be broken. I, I like you use the word beast. <laughs> I mean, I will leave it at that. Yeah, but, but the, with David Deedy, he talks about the stages of man. First being the, and I'll be very simple with the three stages of man. He talks about um, the, the the materialistic version, which is stage one. Then the ex- the the uh, external version, so the person that then finds uh, greater greater value in serving others. And then he goes to the divine, and that is taking himself to another another plane. And the the book is if, if no one's read it, phenomenal reading. I read it a few years ago, so going through it again with the lads when they're reading it in the office is taking me back to a couple of experiences. But the most important part is to actually understand which perspective you're coming from when you're making judgment of yourself or your partner or your situation, particularly when you're looking at the word hate. Yeah, because that's perspective, right? Well, you're actually not in a relationship with your partner. No. No, it's always about you. Kind of. Go on. So, you look at me. Okay, I'm just going to speak to me and Samantha. My fiance, gorgeous girl. I'm actually not in a relationship with Samantha. I'm actually in a relationship with my opinion and perspective of Samantha. Yeah. So, it's actually not Samantha yeah. I'm dating. Yeah. Because her exes and other people that know Samantha are like, wow, she's phenomenal here and she's horrible here. So, I'm actually not dating her. I'm dating her through my perspective of her. So when she gets angry, it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, she's really cute when she's angry. She's not the angry person. It's my perspective of how I see her through anger. And I think that's like a thing. And I just wanted to catch you one thing you said is um, you fall in love with your partner first. No, you don't. I didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah, if we, I wish we could record it yeah, right now. Did I say that? Sorry. But I, well. You said to them or to, to the guys mm. that they fell in love with her. They fell in love with who they fell in love with. First. First. Okay, that's who they've accepted now. I've, I've gone past the step that I, I believe you need to go through because I've spent nine, a lot of years on my own about getting to know me and who I am and what I need need from me before I go into a relationship. Mm. So, yes, that's what we're talking about, the partners they have in their life. Clear. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just to look at, from, is everyone here in a relationship? So when you look yes. at, like, well, who are, you, who are you actually in a relationship with? And I, when I heard you say, like, I fell in love with a straight... Well, what you're really looking at is you actually didn't fall in love with her at start. I think it's Tom Blue talks about this. Um, Tom Billyoo. Tom Billyoo, whatever don't, his don't, name who's is. Who's that guy? Billyoo, Blue, Blue. No, don't worry, we talk about Tom a lot. Oh, okay, cool. I just, <laughs> I, I listened to him and one of the, I don't know who they are, they're bloody, they're all, all these guys that freaking, um, what actually is it that had her fall in love with you? Or you actually, what did it have that you fell in love with her? And that st- still comes down to your perspective of her. Well, there's the six, like, you know, a, a very old um, Chinese man once said to me about, you know, there's two people in a room. It's <laughs> like a next door neighbour or something? Or? No, no, like, oh. well, actually I had a Chinese acupuncturist and she'd brought over this uncle um, and he'd come over to, to gamble in Perth and he, he sat down with a... Six yeah, personalities was, in the room. Yeah, six yeah. personalities in the room. So he, he sat down with four or five of us just to talk through some different principles and I had no idea what I had the, like, opportunity to sit in front of at the time. But one mm. of the things he went through was there's six personalities in the room. I mean, there's yourself... And then, so there's your perspective of you, the other person's perspective of you, and the truth, which no one really knows the truth necessarily because that would be completely objective and no one has that information, and then vice versa. So if there's two people in a room in a relationship... Seven. Huh? 
Shane, um, through your through your experience um, with with youngsters, obviously you talk with quite a high level of awareness to these situations. Mm. How mm. do you, even starting with hate, how do you get people who come from, I guess, uh, you know, th- from their environment, maybe very close minded, they've been conditioned a certain way. How do you start to get people to see this? Because you talk a lot about perspective, right? And mm. even hate is perspective and it's, a, you know, projection mirroring. How do you start to break down that wall and or encourage or coach people through that without them going, you're full of shit and mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know me and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I would have thought that would be extremely, yeah, how do you? Yeah, so I just spoke at the National Trauma-Informed Practice um, and one of the psychs in there said, how do you work with kids who like, I don't know, I don't know, man. Like, you get them young people like, I don't know if you guys got kids. Like, staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like, hey, what are you up to? Oh, I don't know what you're getting stuff. Or what happened here? <laughs> I, I don't know. And I, I responded to, because we do work with, we use technology to connect with kids and we actually do say, look, if you can have absolutely anything, and I tell young people word for word, I don't mind. I don't even care if you want to be the biggest fucking gangster in the world or the most successful ballerina in the world. I really don't care. What I care about and what I want to look at is if you want to be the most important gangster or the biggest gangster in the world, why is that so important to you? And so when young people go, I don't know. I don't know what I want to show. I said, I responded to the psych. I said, look, that is absolutely perfect that you don't know. So what was your name, man? Justin. Justin, have you ever met someone who thinks they know everything? Yeah, we all do. Right. What's it like talking to that person? Yeah, people get frustrated. Right. Yeah. And... So what we say is, wow, if you don't know something, you're actually in the most best powerful place to be because you're not that person that's everyone's finding annoying. So we look at what is it that you definitely don't want your life to look like? Or what is it that you definitely don't want? And we start there and like, mm. I definitely don't want this and I don't want that. But when we put, put that back on young people say, have you ever met someone who thinks they know everything? They're like, yes, my mom, my dad, <laughs> right? And we're like, okay, what's it like talking to them? Fucking annoying, man. <laughs> And you create this space like, I get it. It is annoying. What happens is when when a young person or anyone goes, I don't know, you just haven't created a safe enough space for them to actually tell you what they do know and what they would like the future to look like. And so we kind of start with there. Um, When a young person goes, oh, um, I really don't know what I want to do. I'm like, oh, that's perfect, man. What is that you definitely don't want? And then we kind of start there. I'm hoping kind of answering your question, but when we kind of look at um, working with young people and then go, you know, how does this work? We're still using the basic fundamentals of CBT and, you know, building rapport. And um, we have an insane distinction called code switching um, where we learn to speak the young person's code. So, for example, some young people, I might dress like this and they're like, hey, man, that guy's cool. I'm going to connect with him. Uh, we've had one young person, man, he goes, man, Shane, I just want to know what it's like to wear a suit. And we said, why is that so important to you? And he goes, dude, I just want to know what it's like to be powerful. And so we make an effort to look at how we even dress and like we talk about the environmental factors. It's such a complex question for me to answer, but there's so many different avenues. I've had one young person say, look, I don't really want to work with you. I'm not ready to talk. And then we just kind of leave that. And that's okay. That's cool. You might work better with the other person who's wearing the suit. So we've really got to make judgment and assessment like, hey, it really works for us to take this case on or it doesn't. So does that give you anything to work off? Yeah, I think it gives... um well, you answered it. It's providing a, a safe space and mm. allowing you know people to feel vulnerable and not feel judged. I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess the other part of it is how do you encourage? I mean, something that we've talked about and I've shared quite a bit is the fear of other people's opinions. And obviously, being hated on mm. is essentially a fear of other people's opinions. How do you get to the state or encourage also young people because that holds a lot of pe- majority of people back? Is what their peers and other people think of them and, and and hate is a big one that people don't do things because of the fear of being hated on how do you encourage people to flip the perspective to go to that perspective and go you know what it doesn't matter if i do this or this because i fundamentally know they're hating on me because it's of multiple factors where mm-hmm. you started this conversation essentially is that people are hating on uh, and it's funny it even gets i'm just digressing a moment here it's like I don't like the word hate. And then so I could go down the same question and go, well, why Why do I dislike the word hate? Well, let's have a look yeah. at it now. Yeah, what's that got to do with like um, with me? But it's 
because I just pick up a perspective, which is a big thing of what we've talked about um, over the last few episodes is mm. perspective. Mm. Um, how do you get to that place? How have you gotten there? Um, has that just been through experiences, through practice? Uh, and how do you encourage the young people to yeah. move past hate? Yeah, so Big Life Journal, they're like a youth-based organisation in, in the UK. They kind of send young people this journal book, I guess. And in the start of the journal, it talks about mindset. And it talks about these two different mindsets, growth and closed or open and closed mindset. So we have a conversation with a young person go, cool, well, where do you think a state of mind comes from? What is a state of mind? And the young person will be like, well, what's coming out from your brain or where you're thinking? And so we look at we look at these three different, or the two mindsets, grow open and closed. And we look at, when you have an open mindset, let's, let's do it now. When you have an open mindset, you know, what is, what is an open mindset? What would you say an open mindset is? Uh, curiosity, willing to learn, malleable, uh, you know, you, you're not, yeah, you're not always right, uh, you could be wrong, the willingness to, yeah. Cool, awesome, and I love that key word, willingness, like you know, when you ask someone, oh, are you willing to do that? It's completely different to will you do that? Um, so yeah, okay, cool, now what would you say closed mindset is? Uh, I'm right, you're wrong, um, I, don't, I don't believe what you're saying, it doesn't make sense, I don't, I don't understand that, mm-hmm. I know what's comfortable for me, comfort, uh, yeah, the fear of the, the unknown, slips back stubbornness all those things great okay cool so without going into this third mindset we look at all right so when you're being open mindset and willingness like what does that make available to you anything okay great and when you say anything what does anything mean to you like what if you could give me three words around anything when you're operating from an open state of mind what what's available uh for me yeah uh uh, I guess limitless, right? Uh, op- opportunities, uh, abundance, living your your best life. Cool, awesome. Now, when you say closed, what what kind of life or what kind of occurs when you're in a closed mindset? The same of what has already been. Uh, constraint, mm-hmm. uh, straight jacket, frustration. Uh, almost then going down. You start to go down. If I was to think about, if I had a closed mindset, or was it, living that you'd be going down the other way um blame uh resentment etc etc perfect all right shame okay clear now we look at so this is literally conversations that i would have with young people and we look at all right cool like have you ever met someone who's open-minded so literally i'm asking you the question like have you yeah this room (laughs) yeah okay perfect awesome cool now what kind of life do they live Wow. What kind of life do we all live? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess you could say a good one. Awesome, cool. Now, when you look at people, I'm sure you know people who are closed-minded. Yes. All right, what's That's it like looking at them, seeing them, their life, and when they communicate linguistically or whatever? Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, obviously, but, um, you know, having digs at people, blame, this and that, whinging, complaining. Perfect, right? Blah, blah, blah. So we kind of create them two conversations. For the guys listening as well, like look for yourselves, like when you're open-minded, when you're closed-minded. But then we look at this whole thing about the insane state of mind, we just call it, and it's really kind of optimistic or ambitious. Like, so if you're being, so you've got open and closed, right? But let's go into the world of ambitious. Mm. When someone's ambitious, what kind of things show up for them? Yeah, op- opportunity, growth, uh, progress. Cool. Yeah. So when we have an example with a young person who's currently dealing with something like, man, my dad asked me to clean my room, man, it's fucking bullshit. And we look into, oh, what state of mind do you think you're operating when he was asking? He'd be like, oh, it was closed, man, it was closed. And so we look at, all right, how do we shift between perspectives and what come, what, how can Take we... Did Jordan Peterson ask them to clean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Um, I've actually seen him live. He was really cool, but I haven't read any of his stuff. Did you see him here live? Yeah, yeah, I went yeah, in Perth. Cool with that. With, which yeah. one did you go, Friday or Saturday? Uh, the last one? It was a Saturday, yeah. He would have been one with the pom-poms at the front row. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. No, so it must have been the Friday. <laughs> um, so, sorry, man. We look at that, looking at their state of minds and then giving them the space to kind of work through that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... Kind of even when I walked in here, I was like, I was like, man, I'm really nervous to come in here. I don't know how this is gonna go. I listened to the podcast where you guys were talking about strength and being a man or something like that. Someone talked about opening a jar and I opened a jar, whatever it was. Oh, that was. Oh, and I was like, man, these guys are gonna kill me in here. Like, 
and I was so scared and I had to ask myself like well where are you coming from here I'm so close minded self doubt self doubt all yeah. of that because I'm not ready to deal with what I'm going to walk into well, just, to build, just to build out on that sorry I, I, just to cut you off but I, you've sort of talked about the first stage but I'd love to share one of the examples I mean you've got a cup, a great one about the, the, the car salesman or mm-hmm. or even, even the rapper just of how you then take that and open their mind and, and give them yeah cool alright awesome so one thing with Insane we don't have any clinical setting at all like we've got our office in the city but there is no clip down in a counselling chair and like tell me how you feel man well, what's, what's that like for you like it just there's elements of that works and it doesn't work. Do you have an adult stream for this? No, I don't. Um, no, I don't. But we let's just talk about that one. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Um, hey, Conrad's your first patient. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, how does Morgan make you feel? So what we actually do? So we have um, we use an iPad and this young person said the whole thing. I don't care if you want to be a gangster, whatever. And this kid goes, um, man, I really, Shannon, I'd love to become a rapper, man. And I was like, oh, right. white boy, <laughs> private yeah. school kid. Oh, and I was like, I was like, all right, cool, man. I, I did say I don't care what. It, let's have a look. So he wrote down rap, and I said, dude, why is that so important to you? And he goes, man, it's the only way I get to express what's going on in my head, and it clears me like mentally. And I was like, cool. So the twist to insane is work. We actually don't do. Everyone does vision goals and goal setting and mind maps. We actually do this thing called barrier boards. So there's a whole process to it, but I won't go into it. We look at, you know, um, what are some of the things that you definitely don't want your future to look like? One of the th- things we go into, what do you want people to say about you? If you got people to say absolutely anything, what would you love to hear them say and kind of answer it? But then we flip the script and go, what is it that you definitely don't want people to say about you? And when we look deeply, it's coming from this deep emotion that I really don't want people to find out that about this. So this young person goes, man, I really want to become a rapper. Obviously, we write it all down. That's really cool. And I said, all right, cool. And he goes, man, but please don't tell my parents I want to become a rapper. I was like, why? Why is that? And he goes, man, because they're gonna th- they're gonna think I'm like, man, my parents are entrepreneurs. They 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 they're in business. You know, they pay a lot of money for me at school. Just don't tell my parents I want to become a rapper, man. Like they're gonna think I'm silly. I was like, cool. So we write that down. So part of the process is I can sit with that young person and charge the parents a lot of money. And sit with him for 45 minutes a week and go, cool, how do you feel, man? Let's talk about this. What we found over the last 14 years of me actually doing that um, in the sector was I kept on getting stuck and I'd see a young person for six months, 12 months, two years, or three sessions, and then they're gone. What we found was, you know, the whole thing about fundamentally we aren't even listening anyway. We're listening to ourselves. What we then do is the, the process goes in vision, engage, and act. So we look at who is someone that the young person would actually listen to. And there's a whole process around that psychologically. But then we go, all right, let's call Marksman Lloyd, who's a Perth Aussie rapper, who just, I think he just released a track with Draft last week um, and toured with 360. So we ring up Marksman and we say, hey, bro, look, we've got this young person whose dreams to become a rapper. What could you do? Are you willing to help us out? And part of the process is um, when we engage someone, we actually take the young person to meet Marksman Lloyd and we set up a whole bunch of stuff in the background. He'll listen to me to some sort of extent. This is state of mind, this is CBT, you know, blah, 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 blah. Let's work on anxiety, all that. Cool. But when we bring you Marksman Lloyd, the young person, he, Marksman's got the young person's attention, all of it. And the one thing that we're going to come up with, the five, the young person's going to come up with five questions that he feels he need answered in life. Four of them can be whatever, I don't care. Anything that you feel that you need answered in life, what it takes to become a rapper, how do you release a tune, you know, how do you pick up chicks, whatever, I don't care. But the last one has to be involved about asking for help. Has to be. Has to be something to do with help. You need to ask this guy for help. Now, our suicide statistics at the moment tell us that young person before they died by suicide or any young person dealing with anything will not go to a practitioner, will not go to their parents, will not go to anyone. They'll go to their homies and their friends and their girlfriends and talk about what's going on. They'll actually ask their friends for help first. So what we're trying to shift and an occurring is that it's okay to ask help. And we ask for young people, go, hey, man, you're going to have to ask for help. No, man, help's weak. Like it comes up. So um, this young person and marksman are sitting down and the kid goes, look, um, can you help me become a rapper? And so we do a lot of back-end work with who we place young people in front of, um, you know, working with children checks, all that safety stuff as well. But then we look at, look, the young person's going to ask you for help. It's on you what you can provide and what you can't provide. Now, let alone this young person hasn't rapped in front of anyone. Bedroom rapper, right? 
I haven't even heard him rap, so I'm like, man, I hope he's good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get in front of Marksman Lloyd and uh, the young person asks his question and Marksman goes, look, man, I'm performing at Jack Rabbit Slim or something in Northridge. Um, There's going to be a big crowd. Um, how about you come on stage and rap with me? Now, this young person was first of all blown away. He's like, whoa, that was pretty awesome. Um, but we need your parents' permission to get you in the club. So all of a sudden, we've got to let his parents know. Um, he's got to let his parents know. Long story short, uh, and we've got it. This is kind of like a case study for Insane and like a video. But there's this young person. I wish I could play the video now. I'll, we'll figure that out. I'll, show you, I'll send it to you guys. Um, there's his dad and mum in the stage. And Mark's was like, yo, I'm going to bring out this 16-year-old. He reminds me of me. Mark's was a private school kid who went through drugs and alcohol and all these sort of issues. And he's got his story. So you think Marksman and this kid really built a better condition. I mean, a better connection than what me and this young person did so this kid gets out on stage marksman raps a little bit and this kid just kills it and the crowd just goes wild in the video here his dad like yeah like screaming out so proud of his dad turns out his dad was in a rock band when he was in six when he was 16 and loved music and what happened in in our testimonial the the parents and the young person built this connection and now his parents support him in doing his ep and and that sort of thing so where Marksman's words back to him was, hey man, this is how you fulfill your career, this is where you gotta get through. The crowd built that young person's confidence. Not the therapy, not me, nothing. We just provided an environment for him to shine in. And it turns out that he's actually really fucking good. Um, and- but you stop spreading bullets then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when, when you see the video and this kid's like, da, 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 you know, just kills it and this crowd just goes off. And he's 16. Um, but also, crowd, but yeah. also teaches them a lesson of pushing through the courage yeah. of, you know, that fear, which is what we've talked about as well, of mm. telling his parents. Yeah. And um, I guess the desire was greater than the fear that's to, right. to do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Story. Yeah, it's cool. So that's kind of look at, and then we look at, wow, what did it take to get through that growth mindset? It does take something. It's not it's easy, man. I still have to walk through here and make sure I control myself and not having a glass of wine because I know it doesn't work for me. It's like it's hard. Um, so you've got to be able to ask for that level of help. Like I invite all of you guys, even people listening, like, man, who is, where do you, what's your, what do you want your future to look like? And I challenge you, I invite you to ask one person, just like, hey, man, can you help? Like I'll share just between us, right? Um, so I came here to meet Andrew. Um, I was buying a phone case off him actually. And we're here, and I was like, man, I don't know if Andrew does Andrew sell phone cases all the time. But no, no, no. no. Okay, cool. I was like, everyone's like laughing. Side. Like, it's a Rice digital phone case. <laughs> <laughs> he actually bought, yeah, it was this one here, actually, which is the mouse dropping from whatever. Anyway, um, I walked past the, the, the studio, and I was like, man, my vision. I was like, man, I'd love to have like a podcast one day and I want to bring young people on there, share their visions and get psychs and therapists and the doctors who help us develop all our programs actually share different perspectives and for parents to come on and I want to give kids like little rants about what doesn't work in parenting. Um, and I walked past and I was like, man, that'd be cool, right? And we're still start up and, you know, hustling and whatever. And I, he's like, man, you should ask Matt. You know, I think they'll let you do something. I was like, shit, Matt's like, you know, Pretty cool guy. I've only met him one time on the podcast. And so I was like, hey, Matt, can we have a meeting? Can we catch up, man? I was like, hey, bro, can you actually help us with like a podcast? And and I was like, like, it was just, sorry, I was scared. I was like, I'm going to, I was on my feelings. I'm going to ask Matt if we can have a podcast and he's going to sponsor us and see what happens. And I was like preparing, I had my notes and we got in the meeting. You're like, just, yeah, man, we'll help you out. And now Insane's going to have an opportunity to do a podcast. Now, I would have never done that if I was closed. I'm like, nah. I better not ask for help, um, you know, what that looks like. And now we've asked someone else, we've got a cabinet maker who helped us out with this wicked young person's case who would dream us to become a cabinet maker, which probably sure that went really bad, which turned out really good. But um, <laughs> he's going to help us out. He's like, whatever you need with the podcast, sponsoring or forwarding or whatever, let us know. So asking for help is, I think I'm sure you, were, you had a video that came out last week and I forwarded it. Um, so yeah, man, there you go. That case, I've got That's thousands cool. of stories like that. Um, with young people that we've actually prevented like I want to kill myself to wow I've actually got this opportunity um, that's not in my state of mind however that does gets triggered it will get triggered if we don't create the right environment so. how do you get yeah. your stuff into schools bro 
Um, so I actually spent the last four and a half years working for the Department of Education. Yeah. Um, when I first first started the practice, I I had a I was full time Department of Ed, Govy Car, Govy Credit Card. It was awesome. Um, worked with a really cool team, and I was helping all these young people achieve their vision. And I was like, I said to my boss, I said, Look, I've got to resign. I'm, I'm telling all these young people to follow their vision. Like, how do I start? Like, I need to follow mine. And so I left the department. And now we did some subcontracting back to them and that's when I failed it was like I was so great with young people and I just couldn't do business um, yeah. so we started doing some business and I wasn't sending my invoices on time and I was I was charging more than what they were paying their clinical psychs and like Shane like this doesn't work and then we had some breakdowns um, but yeah we've done some school work we've had a group of young people from Fremantle College and year sevens these young persons like man I want to save the planet we're like cool let's get Darren Lohman hook you up with the principal and talk about the recycling plant that's getting built in Perth the very first one in, out of Australia and make that work and give you some connection and give this seven year old an experience um, that, that, that whole thing fixed versus growth mindset I mean we talk about it a lot and I think we take it for granted right but but that's objectively what where, where most children and teenagers struggle to understand the difference or that there is actually a choice mm. and then the questioning that needs to go with that to either open the doors um or at least open a conversation. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, look, my bigger, my big vision and dream is to have a young person say, "Look, my dream is to become a rapper." And then, how do we actually create a curriculum that gives that young person like English? We're going to take on lyrics is going to be that, and that's how we're going to distinguish how you get your, you know, distinctions to pass this module in English. Um, we've had a young person, you know, where my dreams to become like a mechanic. How do we actually change the curriculum to match that? Whether it's math, that's all your math is going to be based around car mechanics. Yeah. So, we, and that's kind of the big vision, man. We had one kid's dream, his dreams to become an underwater welder because he wanted to. He was so risky in his behaviour. And um, find out how much they got paid. Well, funny, <laughs> funny that we actually took him to the Fremantle Welding School, and you saw a guy drop in the tank, yeah. talk about being a welder, how much money they make year seven kid and then we made a request if he could join the year 12 welding program which he wasn't originally allowed to because he was in year seven and you need to do the basics um so that's the kind of stuff i want to do man i get carried away when i talk Here's about a quick, so. I've, got, I've got a question for you yeah um if with with a growth mindset if, if you say you've got a growth mindset yet um are closed in certain areas does that is that plausible can you say that again man? so so let's say you you want to or you admire or even you just label yourself a growth mindset does that mean you're, you're open in every area or? No, because you go through different states of open and closed, but I think open is just, just a natural thing as well, man. You've got to really get yourself to this ambitious, optimistic state as well. Like you've got growth and close, it's so normal. Yep. You've got growth, it's average, man. So, we, we probably what, what, all so, so I can get the binary, the, the growth and closed, but can you be growth, can you be growth focused or have a growth mindset with closed sections? I think um, you probably need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, I'll be probably making shit up now when I'm talking, but um, I think you definitely need to. I've only, ever, I've only ever understood it as binary growth or growth or close or growth or fixed. Because so, you're referring to like, yeah, you meet growth in say this area, spirituality or like uh, business, but then you're closed in health. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, I think if you're willing to have certain areas of your life drop yep. um, to make others work. Like I know when I first started up, like I wasn't sleeping. Yep. Um, so my health diminished, but I was growing my business. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes like that. But you definitely need that level of despair, if we can call it that, mm -hmm. um, to protect yourself. Because um, when you're in the level of despair, you need to catch yourself, wow, I'm in a closed mindset. That's when you need to ask for help. Not when you're good. Yeah. So you but, need but that's purpose behind why you would give up sleep. I've been there, I know what that means, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're good with giving up sleep, if you're not good with giving up sleep, then that's the closed part, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're giving up and you're not wanting to give it up and you want the outcome of not giving up uh, of giving up sleep, mm -hmm. but you're not good with giving up sleep. Well yeah. people are suggesting that you need more sleep and you don't want to listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Drew Knowles, awesome good friend of mine. Um I have to send him my sleep cycle every morning. What's, what's who's Drew? Is he a sleep doctor? No, no. So Drew, um, he runs a, an organization called Influence Ecology. It's like yeah. a personal development thing. Um, awesome guys around training and development for business. Yeah. And um, he's got a, I don't know what exactly what his background is. It's around health and nutrition. Do you and just send your sleep cycle to anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you say that. I've actually sent a few people to go, hey, you've got to get onto this. Yeah. I didn't realize how important sleep actually was. Yeah. Um, Are you okay with your sleep cycle being in the show notes? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. I got my first 100% the other day. Um, but originally it was at 40. I'm, I'm on chemo at the moment and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with my health because I wasn't looking after myself. Yeah. Um, and someone said, Shane, you've got to manage your sleep. Um, so I'm on a mild form of tablet chemo at the moment and every three weeks I get jabbed with this drug called Afliximab, which they're trialing because I've got diagnosed with a thing called ulcerative colitis disease and it's kind of been running yeah. my life since I was 19. So, um, yeah, I've got to really maintain, you know, understand when I'm in, a level of despair that I need to go hey I need help with you know can you come to me can you come with me to this infusion because I know I'm going to so throw I feel up like um, sorry to interrupt but the, the antidote to the moment you're the aware of being closed is literally just asking the question I need yeah. help yeah yeah well that opens you up straight away right mm. but, well it'll just open you up to whatever comes from that question mm. and the biggest part with that is having somebody to listen though and that's probably the, one of the biggest things I would have thought with kids is the first thing they need is just somebody to sit and mm. be there with them. Yeah. It doesn't even need to go deeper than that. It's sort of just that, that, that action of just sitting and letting somebody just be who they are mm. for a little bit because at home it doesn't happen. Like, you know, right. At home they don't have anybody. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. even think it's just kids though. Maybe you look, if you do look at the, the adult suicide rates, they're, yeah, they're, they're on the rise. Yeah. yeah, that's right. One of the cool things about Insane is, we, like I said, we've, we don't have any clinical setting. All our therapy is actually done in the car. Um, so when you put a young person in the car and you close the door, as long as no boiled lollies involved, you're pretty cool with that, right? Some what? <laughs> boiled lollies. What's a you boiled put, lolly? A little, Putting uh, kids in cars. Yeah. There's a, there's a connotation attached to that. There's a. You're talking about the puppy sort of thing. It's the inside back of the van. Oh, okay, right. The whole white van thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you listen to this bloke. Um, <laughs> get the joke. <laughs> When you work for the Department of Education, you get these things like you get critical incidents come through the department. You kind of check them and it's like, white van at school, located, blah, blah, blah. Like it happens all the time. Man. I can tell you some other stories, but it's, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was going to go somewhere, but I'm not going to. Um, Do you remember when, obviously you were, went through quite a hard time when you were a kid? Yeah. Do you remember the first time somebody kind of listened to you and when that first little bit of light kind of changed? Yep. For you? Uh, I acknowledge him every single time. He's the... Was ex CEO for Youth Advisory Council. His name's Vic Jakuma. Uh, was my youth worker at 14. Still mentors me till this day. I get moved talking about him. He is the guy that I called and I was like, hey man, fuck, this is going on. And he's like, look, let's help you out. We're running this hip hop program. How about you take her over and we'll set you up a little ABN, uh, business soul trader thing, and we can contract you through. And he's like, we know you want. It. They're the guys that got me into the music industry. Um, there's a there's a thing about where insane is called. Or there's in, and then there's sane. Um, it's got nothing to do with me. It's not about that at all. It's all because Vic actually got in my world. And so the whole point about insane, if you look at our logo, there's no sharp edges. When I was working in the prison system, when you when you're in a cell, you got to make sure that there's no hanging points. It's kind of one of the things when I guess the guys built the cells to make sure there's no hanging points right so our logo is all rounded and it's in chain meaning like we want to get in a young person's world so when Vic said to me hey man how about we help you set up a business and you come on board he goes what would you call it and I was like I don't know in chain because you, you got in my world and that was the day that I realized like wow this youth worker's actually got my back and there was no clinical setting and it was cool and next thing you know I'm, they're helping me out and then, he, and then I went into a nightclub they didn't tell me what happens there but um you know, that's, I guess, my first point of contact. And, you know, um, Ben Hawksworth, I've got to acknowledge as well. He'd pick me up in his van, actually. Uh, <laughs> think about it now, uh, which carried all his DJ gear in it. However, um, we'll talk in the car. You know, I, I'll never forget. He actually said, Shane, you've got to make sure you wear glasses. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you don't wear glasses, you um, get, you know, like, your eyes can get damaged by the sun. Like, I remember shit like that. And I'm like, that was a youth worker talking about protecting me because I didn't, wasn't protected and I wasn't safe, you know, that whole narrative for me at that young age. But that little conversation made the biggest difference. I love how you said, like, we've just got to listen. There's a distinction in counselling called transference versus, versus counter-transference. So this whole room shifts when I walk in here because there's a different transference from energy or my way of thinking or being, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's the hardest thing to do in counselling is actually to stay quiet. That is actually the hardest thing to do. Um, so when we're with a young person we're in the car we sometimes drive and I have a young person go I don't really want to talk today and he'll keep quiet and just before I drop him he goes 
I just had the biggest argument with my dad yesterday and I told him fuck off and we just it took 45 minutes of quietness just to say that little bit and then we kind of got into our dialogue from there so um, I want to make sure I answered your question as well man it's sometimes the listening is just staying quiet and giving it a space for someone to just to distinguish what's going on in their own head so yeah yeah you talk about the the kids who want to be a car salesman or want to be a rapper do you ever either come across kids who truly have no idea what their their greatness could be mm. or do you ever come across kids who potentially are attached to something for the wrong reason say they want to be a rapper not because they've got linguistic linguistic skills but because they want to hang out in nightclubs and get girls and drugs sort of thing do you ever go well i can see what you're currently think you're looking to pursue but uh, mm-hmm. do you ever guide them in a different direction or do you just purely listen and let them it's it really is purely listen li- listen and allow them to have that experience for themselves and i get what you're saying like i've got to be really mindful if you know we're a young one young person um go man i, I really want perfect eyebrows it's all this young person wanted perfect eyebrows if i can have perfect eyebrows shane i'm good yeah and i was like what is that all about and I was like, oh, we'll hook her up with someone. We'll do some lessons on beauty therapy. And that. I was like, that's where the case is going to go. It's awesome. She goes, no, I want to I want to stop taking my eyebrows out. And that's when I was like, okay, wow, this is a completely different case. We're dealing with highly suicidal case. And we kind of had to stop the work from there because it wasn't about cooking her up with a, a person to get the perfect eyebrows. It was deeper. It was deeper than that. But then we still took the case on, well, let's go meet a beauty therapist. And what does it take to draw the right eyebrows on? Um so I know I'm not, I haven't quite answered your question, but yeah. Yeah, because I remember when I was, I went through several phases. I remember when I was year, I was probably 12, 13, I wanted to be a mechanic because I loved, my mate loved cars, and whereas mm-hmm. I was a more math, science kind of study sort of kid. Mm-hmm. And part of me was attracted to being a mechanic because it meant spending more time with him as a friend. Mm-hmm. Part of it was I loved Fast and the Furious and that idea of it mm-hmm. at the time. I guess my parents cut it down and went, no, no, you're better than that. You can be a engineer if you want. And I just did that instead. Um, wow. There's a lot in that. Um, but, and I just accepted that, moved on. And yeah. Are you an engineer now? I almost was, and now I'm a personal trainer. Okay, cool. It's fascinating you say that, man. I've got two stories I can share. So we did a big vision session with um, some university students at ACU. And this one young person just during the session, just like a group session, and starts crying. He's like fuck I don't even want to do this and I was like what do you mean she's like I've spent the last three years doing my degree because it's not even what I want to do it's for my parents yeah. just, like I heard you say that when you say that so we look at with young people like that it's like wow like well, what do you actually want to do I want to be I think it was an artist for her or whatever it was and it wasn't the, the doctor or whatever she was trying to do so I get it and as hard as this might sound we had one young person his dream was to become a cabinet maker yeah. and we look at man why is that so important and he goes my grandfather was good with wood and that sort of thing so it's like it wasn't really his vision yeah now i can't be like well, well let's not do that bro that's crap yeah you yeah. just gotta let it happen then right. saying that we do when the vision sessions i go man this vision bullshit let's throw it away and i scrunch it up and i throw it away and i do this thing about to see how you're willing to let your vision go real quick or not and see what how yep. they react on mindset whether you're going to fight for it or you're not it's this little exercise that's that we fair. do however so we met the cabinet maker, rang him up, cool 35-year-old dude, he's had his own business, and we walked up into his office and he had an electric skateboard um, yeah. on the floor, and this young dude was like, yeah, I wanna start my own business, and he was a cool dude, he talks about like, oh, I work eight months and then I travel for three weeks, and me, and blah, 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 and it's this really cool young dude who ran his cabinet-making business. When we do the five questions, a young person answered me all the questions, and he's about to sign to TAFE, but he, we needed to meet with this guy first. And the guy goes, bro, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this to you, but he goes, I would not recommend you become a cabinet maker. It is fucking shit. And I'm sitting there like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're just you're just ruined this whole kid's dream. He's got nothing to do about it. He's about his grandfather, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And the kid gets back in the car. He's like, man, that was freaking awesome. Right? The following week, oh, just I didn't say, he goes, it's probably better you get into like anything electrical, you know, electrical mechanics like tesla is going to be way better like because of the way cars are going the following week this young person goes hey shane i'm actually going to become an auto electrician and i was like whoa why he goes because that cabinet maker was someone that i'd listen to 
and that's when I came up with the analogy of you know when we who we actually listen to. There's a whole thing about we call the Batman analogy. That cabinet maker um, made the biggest difference to that kid. Because what do you think his mum was saying? Morgan would have really enjoyed your Batman what are you analogy. Guys laughing at mate. Let, let, let the man speak. <laughs> <laughs> the young person didn't listen to his mum and said, "Don't become a cabinet maker. You've got to do this." He was actually in uni. This young person. Yeah studying, I don't know what it was, something that wasn't aligned with what was important to him. Even if I said, bro, let's look at a different option, he wouldn't listen to me. He was listening to the cabinet maker because that's where he wanted to be. Um, so that's kind of where we do take it, man. We literally, and now insane has gone, I, I tell the people when we take it, if someone said, hey man, I want to learn how to do podcasts, I was like, Matt, can you meet with this young person and tell him what it takes to become a podcast? And you might say, bro, it takes a lot of work, blah, blah, blah. And the kids go, Shit, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But if I said that, it wouldn't listen. So it has to come from someone. Um, if you had time, I'd create the Batman analogy yeah. for you. But and my story is not too different. That like I was at uni, mm. studying engineering, bounced about a couple of different versions of engineering, just kind of not quite finding something that resonated with me. Mm. And then one of the core units for this engineering business double degree I was doing was go out, interview an entrepreneur, find oh, out wow, about cool. their life. Yeah, and this guy rocks up in his Lamborghini, hops out, cool suit tells me about this tech startup he's doing i was like oh that's kind of cool huh. and i looked at it and he just said like what are you passionate about and I didn't even think about engineering just said fitness helping people and he kind of went that's what you got to do fuck the engineering be you and that was kind of I, it finally took someone who was where i i guess perceived i wanted to be to to drop everything and pursue it that's fucking awesome bro who is Thanks that? Thanks for sharing that. That's freaking I want to get back to the Batman analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, get, oh, we'll, get, we'll hit the Batman analogy and then we'll, we'll get to wrap it up. But yeah, yeah, yeah cool, let's, let's do that. What, the Batman analogy? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So how... Um, and thanks for sharing that. That's so awesome, bro. I've kind of got into this fitness thing at the moment. Yeah, man. Like I used to be 128 kilos. Um, and you get, I don't know how... Some people get funny, but I started doing this F45 thing. Yeah. Freaking good, awesome, man. program. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I've never felt so strong in my life. It's, I didn't realize how much health has an impact on like mental clarity i was always like no man just counseling and talk therapy and get him on a stage and rap like i didn't realize nutrition has it's massive man, man. I mean, I didn't, i've done the same thing for the last three years crazy yeah. it's ph- phenomenal the best version of fitness and nutrition is the one that you enjoy and works for you there's hmm. no best yeah, cool, way to do it yeah awesome batman analogy finish batman. off on that okay cool so um how insane originally started was when this young person parent called me said hey man I can't you know my kids are not going to school whatever blah blah and so I will just do this session when I was a youth worker um, here this who was, we was talking about the psych thing before um, I was working at a school and when you're a youth worker or a counsellor you kind of in the department you refer always to the psych you know they're the, the ones who mark off and make sure risk assessments are done properly fundamentally very important um, so I was working with counselling kids and when stuff came up that was quite intense I'd refer on and then the young person wouldn't connect and blah blah, blah. I was like man what's missing um, so we started the whole vision boarding thing and then look at you know the engagement and so this young person goes yeah I want to become a car salesman so we rang up Turtle and I said look we've got a kid dreams we get a car salesman Turtle's like yeah Shane that's exactly what we drew send it to us and they said what do you need and I said we need your car yard give us one of your cars let us do some therapy in one of your cars and chat and then give me one of your car salesmen and you better be wearing a bloody suit. And this is the whole how Insane started. And this young person would go, hey man, Toto wants to meet you. Went really, really well. And we get inside the office. It's kind of like a glass room. Toto trophies in the background. Typical car salesman. Like, I don't know if that Lamborghini guy was a salesman. And he's like, g'day mate, how you going? And I was like, here we go. Typical guy probably trying to sell me a car. Like in my internal thoughts, the kid loved him. It was that, g'day mate, yeah, shook his hand. We sat down. And the five questions thing, and, the, and he answers one of the kids' questions. I can't remember what it was. And he goes, mate, for me to make money, I need to learn how to get along with people. And that is all he said. We get back in the car, and the young person goes, hey, Shane, um, how do I get along with people, man? And I went, are you freaking serious, man? We've been trying to teach you this for the last six months. Me, your parents, the psychologist, the counselor, the basketball, footy coach, like everyone. been trying to talk to you about how important it is to get along with people, not punch them in the face. And then it clicked. I was like, oh my God, like the car salesman is the one who where he wants to be. That car salesman made the biggest difference that, to that kid and got involved with the case a little bit more and kind of said, look, Shane, you got to do this and blah, 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 blah. And 
taught us all the courses that he was doing about sales and getting along with people and influencing people to buy cars. And that's what we worked with the kid. That was awesome. So what we come up with is a Batman analogy and the story I share about that is, I don't know how your old your kids are. Um, so I'm a stepdad. I've known Bella since she was five. She's turning 14 now. And when I, I know when I tell Bella to clean her room, I'm like, hey, Bella, I need you to clean your room. She'll be like, yeah, cool, no worries, Shane. Um, me and Bella are really tight as well. And and she'll get and start cleaning her room and I'll come back in. And I'm like, Bella, you got your shit under the bed, man. And this and that's done. She's like, what the hell? You're not in my real dad anyway. I'm like, what the hell? I thought we were tight. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like this bad person. So what we discovered was that if her version of her Batman came into the room and said, hey, you need to clean your room, I am not saying that her room would be spotless. But what we 100% what I am standing for and what 100% guarantee is the conversation would be completely different to what it was with me. 100% completely different because that's who she looks up to. Um, and that's when we come up with the Batman analogy. Um, and I think businesses can take this on as well. We just got asked, would you do a vision session with our company? Um, because we don't like the person who's running it, like their you know, training and development team. And I don't have any stats on this, but I think if someone external came into the team and spoke about how they need to get along with people and compared to their manager, it'd be a completely different story. So there you go, that's a Batman analogy. You need to find your own version of your own Batman and ask that person for help and you'll something will happen one of the bits I loved in that story is the before about the rapper is that his what's so funny I don't know (laughs) (laughs) is that his parents were initially or he had this perception that his parents didn't want him he was a Mm. private school student Mm. didn't want him to be a rapper but once they saw him succeed in that field they were super pumped for him and that's something I felt is that I always thought that my parents wanted a white collar professional career because that's what they did and Mm. i went to uni and was going down that line to be i guess a professional um whereas now that once i decided to be a personal trainer and pursue that mum was my biggest fan and essentially funded the dream and (laughs) shares it every time her friends come to visit she shows them the gym she's super super proud now Mm. And none of that happened until I was able to sit down and ask her for help. Like, hey, this is wow, my bro. dream. Yep. Can you help me make it happen? Bro, that's freaking awesome. And what, what we've got to deal with reality right now is by the end of today, two, two young people have died by suicide. Whether we like it or not, our statistics right now in WA, two today have died by suicide. Last year was one, now it's gone up by two. Like, it's happened. Tomorrow's going to be another two. We have no idea who it is, where it's going to come from, What's, what, what's going to trigger that young person or whoever. Um, I stand for young people around that. So it could be not just young people, anyone. Um, and I think like you, when you say stuff like that, it's, it's we need to give young people the opportunity to share where they want to head and what they want to do and, and be mindful with parents. I can't wait to start this podcast about, you know, when you, you got to have it discover what's the young person's perspective. It might not even be true. Yeah. Like, and why do you think that number's rising? You said last year it was one, this year it's two. Mm-hmm. What's different this year or what's different in modern society that's making that number go up? Man, I... That's I, a million dollar question. Yeah, it's, it's such a complex thing. Like it is. Suicide is complex. It's very complex. Um, I think when we look at not providing a space and an environment for young people to share and shine and creating opportunities like your story. Like if you didn't fulfill what you wanted in around your vision, like let alone even me, I'm the I'm a, you know, young person, you know, in the field counselor, you know, that sort of thing. Even when I was working with young people, I was going through spats, man, I am not following, I'm not really doing what I actually really want to be fucking doing. I'd wake up in the morning and I'm going to go back to work. That's one of the best jobs in the world, man. I'd work with young people sitting in the car and I'm getting up in the morning going, fuck, I don't even want to do this, man. So I think, the, the, I want to make sure I'm not coming across like I've got the answer to end you suicide. And I do want to come across like that as well, that when we have young people and provide an opportunity like your story or even my story, um, when people ask me how are you man I'm absolutely amazing because I'm fulfilling what I want to fulfill and when I'm not I can ask for help and we're not providing a space for young people to say I don't know what I fucking want Shane 
or I, you know, this is what I actually want to do and I want to fulfill that. You know, we've had young people that rap a story that parents would call and say, hey, we found a suicide letter and we found out the young person wants to, um, whatever their vision is. You know, it's got to be mindful I don't connect with young people's personal stories around that suicide letter because it's a complex case. Um, but that's, that's where I want to go, man. It's, yeah. I think that's, we're not providing environments for young people to shine, you know, so. So powerful, Shane. Thanks yeah. so much for coming, mate. And Jacob, thanks for um, yeah, really stepping up t- this podcast too. Oh, no, we, oh, oh bro, we can. I, I well, we need to do part two. two. We'll just press pause and then go for part two. <laughs> but we need to wrap that up. Josh has been screaming at me for some time now. Uh, but look, uh, thanks so much for sharing. My that. absolute I pleasure, man. It's cool. It was a great conversation, and I'm sure there's more conversations that could be had amongst the group. And um, I hope everyone enjoyed their wine. We won't dig into that. But Church View Silverleaf 2013 Merlot. We should probably definitely say something about if there is anyone dealing with or dealing with something you know, suicide prevention lines and the help lines. We and should. That sort of stuff. And we'll do that. And uh, there is obviously what. What's the best place? Um, so you want to connect. Um, suicide prevention lines um, beyond blue all that sort of stuff we just got to put that out there for people to google and look up the numbers I don't have the numbers off the top of my head right now but yeah if you are dealing with something please reach out for help it'll be in the blog we've we've touched on this sort of stuff before you get a divorce over thanks Matt Johanna we will so anyway look thank you very much thanks for coming guys look I hope you if this has inspired you if you feel like you wanted to get in touch with Shane or his team um, insain.com.au uh, and look, they're doing some amazing work. I know they need, they you know, love some help from anyone out there that thinks they could help them as an organisation too. They're doing some great things, and uh, we're going to do what we can to support um, him and the and the team. And uh, yeah, I think there's more conversations to be had. But uh, yeah, if you do feel like you need some help, uh, don't don't hesitate to reach out. Ask someone, mm-hmm. anyone. I'm sure someone else could could help you at least get pointed in the right direction. And uh, but look, please, if you enjoyed the episode like share with a friend if you think there's someone that could really benefit from hearing this some of these stories i de- definitely pass on the episode and uh until next time gentlemen it's been a pleasure thanks Shane. Oh, Bye. 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 Bye.